So, good morning. Morning to all of us here. Good morning to all of us online. This is a, a quite an occasion to be back in person. And uh, I want to welcome uh, new faces. Uh, it's nice to have you here. And uh, actually welcome all of us because we have to uh, get used to in-person practice again, which is exciting. Right? So we are uh, re-emerging and merging. So I, was, I had a, a different uh, talk planned for today, but then I realized it may not be so fitting as we are getting our feet wet again, getting used to things. So I want to go back to basics today and uh, examine our zazen, examine what it means to practice correctly, whether online or on Zoom, practice correctly. And I want to begin by going to uh, eight awarenesses, as Rezan has been uh, sharing with us, thoughts about. And this one is not forgetting right thought. The Buddha said, if you monks, us, all of us, seek both a good teacher and a good protection and support, nothing is better than not forgetting right thought. For those who do not forget right thought, the thieving multitude of, delus of deluding passions cannot break in. For this reason, you should always keep right thought in your mind and regulate it well. For if you lose this thought, all sorts of merits and virtues will be lost. If the power of this thought is strong and firm, even though you mingle with the thieving five desires, you will not be injured. Just as if you go into battle dressed in armor, you will not fear the enemy. This is the meaning of not forgetting right thought. So you should always keep, as he says, right thought in your mind and regulate it well. For if you lose it, you lose it. You lose the concentration. So to regulate right thought, to regulate correct practice, to regulate maintaining or bring your attention back again and again and again, it seems that we focus on beginners with that instruction. But that is an instruction that is always relevant to all of us, whether we practice one day or 40 years. We always have to regulate it well, right? In other words, we cannot take practice for granted, ever. And then he says, even if you mingle with the thieving five desires, all our senses, right, or what comes in through our senses, which we always mingle with, you will not be injured. In other words, it will not have the power to take you somewhere else or to lead you astray. But I also said, when you unify your minds, the mind is in samadhi. Since the mind is in samadhi, you know the characteristics of the creation and destruction of the various phenomena in the world. 
cultivate samadhi well and do not let it leak. So when you unify your minds, right, the mind, the mind is in samadhi. And what does it mean to unify the mind? To bring it all together, to realize that nothing is ever a part of anything else. Likes, likes, dislikes, indifference, we feel good, we feel bad, we like what happens, we like our zazen, or not so much, or we like what we experience, or we don't like this particular zazen period. When you unify your mind, the mind is in samadhi, right? So you study, we study the characteristics of the mind. We study ourselves. If we study ourselves, we understand everything and everybody. If we don't, we are lost with everything and everybody. So cultivate samadhi well, do not let it leak. Now we cultivate it on the cushion. We keep coming back. And then there is kinhin. And we shift that cultivation into motion, from stillness into motion. It's not that something ends and something begins as it seems. But that practice continues. It continues from the practice of stillness to the practice of motion, as we call it. What does that mean? It means you hear the bell. The second bell, you put your hands in gashio and you bow. You bow with full concentration, intention, in deep state of samadhi, whatever that, that depth may be at that moment. And you maintain it, you regulate it. In other words, you don't let the sound of the bell or a truck passing by outside, or whether or not you think you are following the instructions correctly, whether you miss something, it is all irrelevant. Or well, that's what we mean by regulating, seeing that the mind comments on everything, allowing it to comment and maintaining, regulating the attention, the samadhi. So the hands are unified, putting them together in gasho, bowing, standing up with intention, with attention, deliberate intention. Then getting up, examining the posture as we do in zazen. We always examine the posture. We always examine the body. Remember, the body is the vehicle. Body is direct, is the direct connection to the souls, always. So we turn to the body, we pay attention to the posture, we pay attention to the state of the body. And we rise from the cushion, we bow, we practice reverence, we practice appreciation. It's not just, well, I have to bow because it's in the instructions. Oh, I've bowed so many times, I lost interest in bowing. That's what we have to do to regulate, to see the mind commenting, to see how we lose interest, and to keep coming back to the unknown, to what happens not to what the mind thinks. We bow, we turn around, 
we maintain gasho. Then you hear the clappers, you bow, you turn, you walk slowly with intention, with appreciation, with awareness all around, 360 awareness. The person in front of you, the person behind you, the cushions you are walking side by side with, everything, the temperature in the room, all of it is essentially a part of our practice, inevitably. And then we walk, and then we maintain that awareness, moment by moment, staying, not going anywhere, not following the thieving, the multitude of our senses, not following, coming back. You put your foot down, this is the destination. This is not means to an end. We're not walking to arrive elsewhere. We are walking as rather than a way to. We are walking as precious beings. We are giving the gift of being to everyone. There's so much to do. There's so much going on if we pay attention. If we don't, the mind has something else to say. And that's what we follow. Pay attention, enjoy. Find the joy in being, in breathing, in being alive. Appreciate being alive. So stillness into motion, zazen into kinhin. Zen practice into everyday activities. Make it seamless. Make it seamless. It is seamless. It is the pure land. But if we don't do anything about it, we are treading the pure land as if somewhere else. And that's a shame. Because we live and we die. And it's a shame to squander it. So what is right thought? What does it mean? Is it meant to replace wrong thought? Am I wrong when I'm not maintaining right thought? If you ask the mind, the mind will, says, will say, yes, you are wrong. Or you're not up for it. You're not good at it. You messed up. Look for another practice. Dogen said, when clear-mindedness comes, be clear-minded. And when dark-mindedness comes, be dark-minded. Do not go elsewhere. Do not create another state of being another version of you, another time, another state of being, different season, different kind of temperature, different look, different attire, different house, spouse, car, whatever. All of it is included. So to practice correctly, 
everything must be included. And so during Zazen, during Zazen, we work on cultivating total, radical, and complete acceptance while keeping a deliberate and keen sense of awareness, being rooted like a great mountain, being rooted like a great mountain in stillness and in motion. In other words, in Zazen, we remain active rather than passive. We're not sitting there waiting for the period to end or for the pain in the neck to subside or for the thoughts to go away or for better thoughts to come. We regulate and regulating is not passive. I think that after sitting for some time, we lose that. We lose that keen sense of awareness and concentration because we think we know what we're doing. We don't. Therefore, we need to actively regulate. We need to be active rather than passive. So instead of trying to stop thinking, we practice non-thinking. So that's where it is active rather than passive. As in the words of Master Yakusan Igen. So right after great Ma Master Yakusan Igen had finished the period of meditation, a certain monk asked him, as you were sitting there, all still and awesome like a mountain, what was it that you were thinking about? The master answered, what I was thinking about was based on not deliberately thinking about any particular thing. That's regulating. The monk then asked, how can that, how can what and anyone is thinking about be based on not deliberately thinking about something? Fair question. And the master replied, it is a matter of what I am thinking about not being the point. What I am thinking about is not the point. It's not that it's not happening. It's not that we don't experience it. And it's not that it's not loud or obnoxious at times. Of course it is. It not being the point. What does it mean? It means allow it. Allow for it. Allow for everything inside, outside. Let it be. Don't argue with it. And don't follow it also. Don't push it, don't pull it. Be that great being that has space, has room for everything. Be that loving kindness that allows rather than rejects. Dogen commented on this saying, even though the condition of not thinking about anything in particular is of ancient vintage, how can one possibly think about it? How can thinking not go on while sitting ever so still? 
There is a someone involved in not deliberately trying to think about something. And that someone is maintaining and supporting an I. Even though being ever so still is synonymous with that I, meditation is not merely an I thinking about something. It is the I offering up its being as still and awesome as a mountain. In other words, meditation, zazen, is us giving ourselves to everything or everything giving itself to us. How can we squander this opportunity? How can we be so self-concerned when we are the gift that needs to be given? And by giving, we receive. And it says, the point of this acupuncture needle of seated meditation is the great function which manifests before our very eyes. It is our everyday behavior when we look beyond words and forms. The acupuncture needle of seated meditation. You know, the point of the needle acupuncture needle is to be inserted into where stagnation occurs. There is a blockage. When you insert the needle, you dissolve the blockage. And energy, flow, qi, chi resumes. Life flows. This is the practice. But if the samadhi is not focused, is not clear, then the, medita the meditation needle or the acupuncture needle is not sharp. It cannot penetrate. It is scattered. It is everywhere. Our attention is everywhere. So the laser-like beam of our awareness is what we cultivate. And when it is sharp, we become aware when we become aware, we identify what is unwholesome and what is wholesome. And when we identify unwholesome thoughts, words, actions, and allow them to be and just let them stay, abandoned, unwholesome, we can shift the attention to what is wholesome. The mind may still operate in an unwholesome way. The thoughts may still be unwholesome thoughts. Still, regardless, we maintain the awareness, we regulate on the go, and we keep shifting the attention again and again and again back to what is wholesome. And wholesome comes from whole, from complete, from unified. We are unified. We're just not aware of it quite often. So we keep turning the attention from 
being, feeling scattered or being scattered to being unified to our birthright to who we are. The attention shifts from who we think we are to who we truly are. So it is, as he says, our behavior when we look beyond words and forms. Words, forms, thoughts. And to know does not mean to perceive for our perceptions are a small gauge of it. So it's not thought-based. Nor is it the knowing associated with intellectual understanding. For intellectual understanding is but a mental construct. That phrase, not stirring up things, is equivalent to what Yakusan expressed through his sitting and what Dogen tried to illuminate through his commentary. is the freedom of seated meditation, which becomes available and accessible when we sit still and stop maneuvering around every thought and every emotion. So, we have to understand, we have to know how to practice correctly. We have to know what it means. We have to know how to not maneuver around. And to maneuver around is to assume that this thought or this way of being is an obstacle. Right? To assume that it is an obstacle, that I got to bypass, go around, rather than look directly at or insert the needle of acupuncture into it and dissolve it. And then we realize that it has never been an obstacle. But we make it an obstacle. We make ourselves an obstacle. How? By thinking those thoughts. We can think thinking or we can think non-thinking. And non-thinking is freedom. Thinking is being stifled, being held back. Of course, thinking, there's nothing wrong with thinking. It's just that we have to learn how to use thought, how to use the mind. And if we don't, the thieving multitude, right, of our senses come in and take us for a ride. What we smell leads to a trap. What we see leads to a trap. What we hear, what we taste, what we touch, what we think. We know where it goes. We know where it leads. So why hop in? When in many cases, it's not a choice. It's a habit. It's a habit. That's why beginning instructions for Zazen are not for beginners. Or we're all beginners, so beginning instructions for Zazen are for all of us all the time. You know, if we are at the position of giving instructions, 
I think we realize it because we explain to others what it means to sit. What do we do on the cushion? And then we can ask, am I doing that? Am I following what I just said? There's never a time that we get lax about it. The more we practice, the more we need to practice. Otherwise, the gang of thieves, our senses, will take over. Will take over. We go through all kinds of experiences. The body is strong but frail at the same time. It does fall apart. And it does not essentially deliver. It will fail us all. That's its nature. So what do we do now when it aches? What do we do with discomforts? What do we do with nagging thoughts? How do we meet it now? How do we practice? Well, we don't feel up for it. How do we communicate with other people when we are irritated? How do we communicate with ourselves when we are irritated? Are we able to discern wholesome and unwholesome when we, are, when we feel stuck? Then what? Then what does it mean to regulate emotions, to regulate thoughts, to regulate state of being? How do we drop it all? Ajahn Chah, a Thai meditation teacher of Theravada tradition said, when you let go a little, you have a little peace. When you let go a lot, you have a lot of peace. When you let go completely, you will be free. When you let go completely, you will be free. And to let go completely is to be unified. To be all-inclusive. To not get caught up in the internal conflicts, maneuvering, arguing. So when grumpiness comes, there is grumpiness. It's no big deal. And when peace comes, there is that sense of peace. And that is no big deal either. It has to be no big deal. Because if it is a big deal, then there is the other side of that which we are going to experience. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Remember, the body will fail you. It will not deliver. It's not meant to deliver what we want. So to let go of everything, of everything completely, 
is not what we think it is. It is to be all encompassing, all embracing. It is to be truly loving, unconditionally. Because if we don't express and feel love towards ourselves when the body is achy, well, how are we going to express love to others when they become annoying to us? We become annoying to ourselves, other people become annoying as well. Then what? Or we should ask, what kind of practice am I cultivating if this is how I'm practicing? If I'm unable to accept the one sitting on this cushion when I sit and practice Zazen, then what? Then what kind of speech is going to follow that? And what kind of actions are going to follow? That's what we have to examine and discern. What is wholesome, what is unwholesome. And when we recognize what is unwholesome, no need to think I have failed because I have unwholesome thoughts or because I speak in unwholesome ways. No, no need to add more thoughts to thoughts. No, at that moment, at that second, we step back from that. Recognize this is good. It's good to discern. It's good to see. Because with that ability to see, the keen eye that sees everything, with that ability, only with that ability we can shift the attention from what is unwholesome to what is wholesome. Because if we think that unwholesome is wrong, we are going to inevitably create more unwholesome thoughts and more unwholesome behavior and speech. So to be all-encompassing, all-accepting, to truly embrace, that's the practice. So whether we are new to the practice or been practicing for a long, long, long time, whatever that means, We are all facing the same moment. We're all experiencing the same reality. So what does it matter how long we've been practicing? What difference does it make in terms of developing, cultivating, and maintaining, and regulating samadhi? What does it matter? And the degree, the depth of samadhi, why, why does that matter? Who is measuring? Who is comparing? We do the best we can. Any given moment, we do the best we can. But we have to do. In other words, we have to think non-thinking. We cannot rely on what happened up to now to carry us forward because it doesn't work that way. The power is here, right here, right now, underneath us. This is where the power comes from. We're sitting on it. We cannot be powered 
by what was, only by what is, only by bringing the attention back to this moment, back to this breath, again and again and again. Otherwise, I think otherwise we know what happens. And because we know what happens, we chose to embrace a practice. And because we chose to embrace a practice, we have a responsibility to practice it. Because we made the choice to practice. That's done. No need to go back there. We're here. Practicing. So let's practice for real. Thank you.